Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. It's an honour to be elected as leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. I'd like to thank the 1922 committee, the party chairman and the Conservative Party for organising one of the longest job interviews in history. Thank you very much. The votes are in, and it was a leadership race closer than predicted, with Liz Truss securing 81,326 votes from Conservative Party members, compared to Rishi Sunak's 60,399 to become only Britain's third female Prime Minister. Now there's just one more sleep to go until Truss gets the keys to 10 Downing Street after she meets the Queen, with the former Foreign Secretary succeeding Boris Johnson after his tenure of just over three years. I will deliver a bold plan to cut taxes and grow our economy. I will deliver on the energy crisis, dealing with people's energy bills, but also dealing with the long-term issues we have on energy supply. So what's Truss's plan to heal the UK's pandemic-ravaged economy? How does she plan to sort those sky-high energy bills? Or is she just a one-percenter, tax-cutting PM? And in her acceptance speech at the QE2 Centre, Truss also nodded to a 2024 election. To unpick the latest developments and what's top of Truss's in-tray, we're joined by the Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor David Bond. So David, could you run us through the mechanics of what happens next? Well, hi, Mark, and this momentous day. We've been waiting a long time for this, haven't we? This Tory leadership contest seems to be going on forever. And, you know, we had the whole process before with the MPs choosing the two candidates who would then go to the national convention to the rest of the country and the Conservative Party members in the country. And that's all taken weeks and weeks. But finally, we have the result. Liz Truss is the new Conservative Party leader. And until tomorrow, she is not actually technically the new Prime Minister. Boris Johnson is still Prime Minister for one more evening until tomorrow morning. So the mechanics of it are that he will make a speech, a leaving speech in Downing Street tomorrow morning. We expect around about half past eight in the morning. And then he will go to Balmoral, where, as we know, the Queen is staying because she has these mobility issues. Uh, She's not going to come back to Buckingham Palace, as is normally the custom on these occasions. She will then meet Boris Johnson, who will formally hand in his resignation as the PM. And then shortly afterwards, Liz Truss, now as the new Tory party leader, will go and have her own first private audience with uh, Her Majesty. And she will emerge from that meeting, uh, presumably, as the 56th Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. What does Liz Truss stand for? And what about this chatter about a £100 billion package to help with the cost 
cost of living crisis? Well, I mean, it's a very good question. What does Liz Truss stand for? Because, of course, her opponents over the course of the last few weeks and months have been very keen to point out that she's been on something of a journey during her political career from Lib Dem when she was a much younger woman and then through to supporting Remain in the Brexit referendum. But then, of course, becoming this very staunch Brexiteer, very hardliner on Brexit when she was actually a minister in government after 2016. So I think uh, actually defining her beliefs, quite an interesting one. What she has set herself up as or what she has won this contest on is a promise to the Conservative Party members to deliver tax cuts and to try and boost economic growth uh, in the long term. She's built a whole campaign around this, which is obviously a hugely popular message to the Conservative grassroots and the party faithful who, you know, always harp back to the days of Thatcher. And that is what she has promised. Of course, there are great warnings about that, both from economists who question whether actually that will lead to the economic growth that she is promising. It's not automatic just because you do that or because you say you want economic growth that it will follow. And from those who say this is exactly the wrong time to be cutting taxes, because as you point out, there is this need for a more immediate emergency package of support. And now Liz Truss, when she was on BBC with Laura Koonsberg on Sunday morning, made it very clear that there will be a package coming with in days. There's been lots of speculation about the number, lots of speculation about the mechanism. We can get into all that if you like. But the the message very much coming from Liz Truss is that actually she sort of shifted her position from earlier on in the campaign where she told the FT she wasn't in favour of handouts to one where she is now clearly preparing a major, major emergency package to help people with their rising energy bills this autumn and winter. So she's mentioned a general election. What are her chances of holding on to that sizeable Johnson parliamentary majority? Yeah, I mean, she made it very clear that, um, you know, she mentioned 2024 as, 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 the, as the date by which Conservative Party will have to win the next election. So sort of feel like she's ruled out any chance of a snap, a snap election. If you look at the polls, Labour are sort of 10 points ahead at the moment. One would expect a bit of a Liz Trust bounce if she gets the energy package right, the rescue package for people. So, you know, you might see that sort of lead slightly eroded, but I suspect it will be short term. I think there is a great deal of dissatisfaction in the public about the way Boris Johnson conducted himself over parties and then the way that the cost of living crisis was handled so far up to that point. So I think there's still a lot of convincing they need to do with the wider public. Will she connect in the same way as Boris Johnson? Well, the simple answer is no, because he is a a one-off you know he is someone who has dominated British politics for such a long time he is the one person who can somehow bring together this this extraordinary coalition which has formed in the Conservative Party of the true blue voter in the sort of east and the southeast and the new northern and midlands conservative backers who turned to him in such large numbers largely because of Brexit in 2019 the jury's really out on whether Liz Truss can do that she's going to have to work quite hard and against with an intray which no prime minister has had to face for decades to try and do that to try and take those people with her at a time when it's going to be increasingly increasingly difficult for millions of families particularly in those areas in the north and the midlands in the coming months let's go to the ads coming up what will a trust cabinet look like and what happened for rishi sunak why not hit rate and follow in the meantime life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Now, party politics aside, David, this is a historic moment with only our third female prime minister. There's definitely something to celebrate there, and Labour would, you know, take great note from this because we're still waiting for the first female leader and prime minister of that party. And if you look at the diversity in Boris Johnson's cabinet and the likely diversity from an ethnic point of view that Liz Truss is likely to pursue with her new cabinet, you would look at the Conservative Party as being far more progressive in that sense. But then the flip side of that is that from a sort of political ideological point of view, lots of people are looking at this first cabinet that we expect with people like Kwasi Kwarteng made Chancellor, Suella Braverman possibly becoming Home Secretary, Jacob Rees-Mogg going to business. You know, you're looking at perhaps one of the most right-wing cabinets in many, many years for a Conservative government. So in one sense is, as I say, very progressive. In other senses, it's going to be quite right-wing and quite different in that sense. So do you think more of a focus on law and order? I think so. Of course, Priti Patel was pretty hard line. If it is Suella Braverman, then we can expect a sort of continuation of that, particularly on immigration. You know, Liz Truss did make, as did Rishi Sunak, to be fair, but did make quite a big play of law and order and making a commitment to increase the number of police officers and, and, and make the streets safer for women, which is obviously hugely important to standard readers and listeners to this podcast. But the problem she's got, if you look at her in-tray, if we just run through it, you know, you've got energy bills and, and the immediate crisis, but then the longer term sort of reforms of the economy that she wants to introduce, we expect a sort of an emergency budget or a big fiscal event in the next couple of weeks. But then you've got strikes, industrial unrest, you've got the looming crisis of the NHS this winter. Many NHS chiefs expecting it to be worse for decades. But Ukraine and the ongoing conflict there with Russia and Brexit. And then the bigger thing of how she actually brings the party back together. Listening to Mark Harper this morning, former chief whip, who was a big supporter of Rishi Sunak, he was saying that the big question for the new leader of the party is how do they restore unity to a Conservative party after this bruising election contest, which has gone on, and as we said at the start, you know, for many weeks, really played into the hands of Labour, who have made hay with this as the various candidates were whittled down as they were tearing into each other on on policy. So, you know, big jobs there. And will she be able to just deal with so many different problems on so many different fronts? And on foreign policy, when we were speaking to Nick Cecil on Friday, he was talking about her hawkish outlook. Yeah, pretty hawkish. I mean, she's obviously been foreign secretary. So this is a brief that she knows well. She's made noises about getting much tougher on China, which I think will be the big significant change that you'll see. So I think probably that will be... Um, the, the big one. Um, lots of speculation that James Cleverly, who's currently Education Secretary, close ally of Liz Truss, big supporter, will be moved to Foreign Office. So that would be really interesting to see whether he looks to call for a new integrated defence and security review in, in the coming weeks. But again, it's about how many different battles you can fight on on, on how many different fronts. 
and poor old Rishi Sunak looked pretty crestfallen ahead of the announcement. How come he couldn't get it over the line? Don't forget, of course, you know, he won pretty convincingly the parliamentary party's support before the final two were then sent out to the Conservative Party members. And, you know, that is a problem for Liz Truss. She's going to have to sort with with her whipping operation and try and get the parliamentary party unified and on side. I think if you look at that first, I think it was the first leaders debate where he really, really was quite aggressive. That clearly backfired and you saw him become much more conciliatory as, as, as the campaign went on, much more sort of measured in his attacks on Liz Trust. But that first one was really noticeable, you know, where he was accused of mansplaining and shouty public school behaviour. All of that played really badly for him, I think. And he couldn't really get away from the fact that he had been part of the even though Liz Truss has obviously been part of Boris Johnson's government, he couldn't get away on the question of the economy from that sort of accusation of being part of kind of outdated treasury thinking and sort of increased spending and increased taxes, which is exactly counter to the platform that Liz Truss ran on and won with. So I think those were probably his two problems. And of course, now, you know, he said that he wouldn't accept a job, even if he was offered it in Liz Truss's cabinet. Uh, he said he's determined to continue to serve his constituents. So I suspect we'll see him t- stick around for a bit. He might be encouraged by the nature of the result today with him getting a bit, it being a bit more tight than people might have anticipated. So he might just play the slightly long game here and see how it all goes for, for the new PM. And then come 2024, if the Conservatives lose, well, she might be out and they might be looking for a new leader and finally thanks as always david what next for the right honorable member for uxbridge and south ryslip well indeed indeed a big question and um i mean if you were listening to lord udney lister one of his eddie lister one of boris's closest um advisors down the years and confidence yesterday he was out and about on the media talking about how boris john still felt pretty bruised by the way he'd been treated but the he was unlikely to uh, sort of wouldn't rule out the possibility of a comeback. But I think it's pretty difficult from where he is at the minute. Of course, he faces this privileges committee inquiry, which could, you know, and it's quite a big could, but could lead to him being deselected as an MP, forcing a by-election in Uxbridge, where it's already pretty tight with Labour. So got that to deal with. He's obviously trying to make sure that his legacy is not too tarnished by what's happened. Very difficult one, considering the way it all ended. But, you know, he's trying to sort of make the case for his time as PM, pointing to handling COVID, Brexit, and uh, and of course the relationship with uh, Ukraine during the crisis with Russia. But then beyond that, well, I think, you know, you, I suppose, you know, he'll look to try and make some money on the speaking circuit and writing. Don't know whether we'll see him pop up as a columnist back with the Telegraph again, but, you know, that's obviously a very likely possibility at some point. And he may, may a bit like Sunak, may just sit back and see how it all goes. We know he's not going to go to Conservative Party conference in a couple of weeks. He's going to steer clear of that, we're told. But I think, you know, he'll sort of go into the go quiet for a bit um, and then just see how the land lies in, in 12 months, 18 months time. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Tuesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. 
QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.